Philly, you are so wonderful and interesting. You deserve a local news podcast all your own. Check out the John Cast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. The world of sports gambling has exploded over the last few years. If you watch just about any game or sports broadcast these days, you are fed a constant flow of odds, lines, and prop bets. We wanted to talk about the world of sports gambling, its impact, and if there's a concern, it could lead to corruption in sports. Our guest is Dr. George Deemer. He is an assistant professor at Temple University School of Sport, Tourism, and Hospitality Management. So just to remind everyone, basically the floodgates for sports betting came in 2018 when the Supreme Court struck down a, a ban on what was it single game wagering that was kind of the the flashpoint so actually what happened was that and it's actually a local feel to the whole thing Atlantic City began struggling when they opened up casinos in Pennsylvania because they no longer had the customers from Pennsylvania coming in and so New Jersey really wanted to be able to open up more avenues to collect revenue and uh, so they wanted to introduce sports gambling. The problem was that there was a law, PASPA. PASPA was the law that was passed years ago in the 90s at some point. And what, what they were trying to do was make sports gambling illegal, basically. They wanted to make it nationwide. They were concerned about the integrity of the game. You had leagues that were backing that law, like the NBA and the NCAA. And essentially what happened, there was this federal law that ended up getting passed in 2001, I believe. And uh, that's called PASPA. And it said that, you know, basically you can't start offering sports books wagering. The problem is that they didn't want to make it illegal for Vegas that already had it legal. So they put this provision in there that said, well, if you happen to have it illegally already, then it's okay. You're basically grandfathered in. So New Jersey said, well, that's not fair. You can't say that one state can do it, but we can't. And so they sued on those, basically on those grounds, and they ended up winning. Um, In 2018, the Supreme Court ruled that that law was unconstitutional. So essentially what that said was that each state could determine whatever they wanted to do. They wanted to offer in gambling on sports, and they were basically allowed to. And it was up to each state to determine the laws prohibiting that, the regulation for it, how it was going to be set up, how it was going to be taxed. And that's currently the state of affairs right now. And so it's up to each state to determine. And it looks like uh, around 30 states, it's legal in some form or another to bet on sports. Yeah, it's getting to the point where it's almost easier to figure out the ones that you can't bet in, right? Uh, I know New York just legal uh, just opened up this past year. And so that certainly is a big one in flux as well. So yeah, they're certainly increasing the number of states. It's um, increasing, not decreasing. That's a general trend, certainly. Are you surprised, or I shouldn't say surprised, but are you ever amazed? Because 2018 is not that long ago. And when you look at how betting lines, prop bets, odds, have completely enveloped any game broadcast in game, pre-game, post-game. 
has it moved even faster than you thought the way that the the leagues and the networks have embraced this? Uh, no, I, I think that it could move faster, believe it or not. I mean, I'm a really big fan of sports and I'm a big fan of gambling. I wrote my doctoral dissertation on a lot of this 20 years ago on this type of thing. So I've always been interested in this sort of thing and I found interest in it. I always knew that there were a large segment of consumers that preferred to consume the sports while looking at the sports books and understanding the kind of information that the sports books are giving us. So I knew that the demand was there and our European friends have been kind of out in front of this and they've shown that it can work efficiently and effectively, um, not only as a way of keeping corruption out of professional sports, but also as a means of identifying corruption in professional sports, oftentimes in Europe. We'll use the sports books as a way of a flag to, to notify suspicious betting patterns, for instance, in which they'll, like, they'll stop a match right in the middle of the match and say, well, we can't do this. So those are the big concerns, like, is it going to introduce corruption? Well, we, I was looking at it for a while saying, I, I kind of think it might be a way of identifying corruption, right, right to the contrary. Um, is there the popularity of it? Is it surprising? I don't know. I, I've always enjoyed it personally. I'm, like, I'm biased, but doesn't necessarily mean I'm wrong, right? So I, I've enjoyed it. I think there are some new ways that they could get involved and even embrace it even more. And um, I see some of those happening easily and some of those maybe not so easily. Do you think there is a concern from a league standpoint? Because I've seen grumbling of this on Twitter and it's just kind of anecdotal. But from some fans that are almost turned off by the focus on the betting angle, the odds and stuff like that, because I, it really, you know, it is all encompassing, you know, it can be, it can be. And yeah, I mean, not everybody thinks the way I think, not everybody prefers things the way that I prefer them. And I'm biased and I like it because I mean, everybody else should. Um, so I guess your question is, can it be overwhelming if, if it's not done the right way, then yes. I suspect, and from what I understand, this will be the case, that professional sports understands this, and they're trying to package these games, entertainment, in ways that consumers can consume them in different ways. You know, for instance, I can see a day where you, you know, I want to watch the Sixers tonight, big game coming on, can't wait to watch it. I'm looking forward to the day where you turn the game on. You say, what do you want to watch? I want to watch the Sixers game. Okay. Which type of game do you want the telecast to be? Right. Do you want it to be the professional old professional sports players, for instance, calling the game? Do you want the analytics people calling the game? Do you want some professional gamblers, you know, and then, and then you can consume it in the way and not forcing it upon others. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's the way that I am hopeful that currently professional leagues see things. Like we have the technology to, to get the best of both worlds, to provide the game that everybody's used to, consuming it in the way that they do, but also to take advantage of these new interesting things that are popping up. And when we talk money, we're talking billions of dollars, sports gambling in the U.S., right? 
Yeah, it's a lot of money. It's very difficult to figure out exactly how much because so much of it is an underground economy still. But um, there's a lot of money that's out there right now. There's a lot of money that's coming into professional sports. It's coming into the leagues. It's coming into the teams. Teams are getting a lot of money, a lot of revenue from it. That's probably bridging the gap financially for the loss that they're seeing from people cutting the cords and losing some of the television money that they have as the years have gone by. The, the athletes are getting endorsements, so they're collecting money. The you know tax base is increasing, so you know from a lot of different avenues, um, it's feeding into the industry. You talked about how the odds and all can kind of be a a way to weed out corruption. I want you to kind of dig into that. Is it kind of the fact that nothing particularly happens between two teams as far as personnel or injury, and all of a sudden the line goes from seven one way to two the other way like this huge swing that that really can't be explained and that kind of would send up a red flag that wait a minute something's going on here it definitely could be it could be if so what a lot of people in finance and economics would probably say is you know this this kind of probably should be regulated and the beauty of if you regulate it the right way and there's so much money coming in there's really no excuse for it not to be Right. All that money that's coming in, there's no reason why professional sports can't just say, let's take let's let's make sure this is a clean environment here. And we use this as a means of identifying corruption as opposed to letting people take advantage of it. And if they're able to do that, then you know you can find some I mean, there's some incredibly intelligent people in the industry. Get some smart people that know what they're doing and know what they look for, and they're gonna be able to find these suspicious betting patterns. As you mentioned, if the line moves a lot, that's a flag, right? But also what might be a flag is if a lot of people are wagering on one side and they have a few really high volume wagers on the other side. Uh, A lot of times, like in tennis, it happens to be very easy to fix, like one set or one match. I'm not a tennis fan necessarily, but there's a way to kind of say, well, I'm still going to win over all the match, but I'll just drop this one set, right? Or something like that. And then you see the odds for the second set to, to, to go in one direction to the underdog's direction and the odds shoot up. And, and if somebody's on the other side of that, on the sports books side, and they see the volume, they see the odds moving, they see these patterns that may or may not be suspicious. And they're able to kind of say, look, maybe we shouldn't, even continue playing. Why don't we stop playing? Let's reset everything. Something's going on here until we figure out what's going on. It might be best if we don't do anything at all. Because ultimately, I think everybody agrees, we all want a real equal amount of information out there for everybody. We certainly don't want anybody trading. I'm thinking in terms of finance, right? So you don't want them betting, I guess is the proper word, with more information on the game than anybody else has. Insider information, basically. It's interesting. We had set up this interview prior to the announcement that uh, Calvin Ridley, a wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons, was going to be suspended at least for the upcoming season uh, because he bet on games uh, while he was out. He had taken a leave from the team. He was not uh, an, an active player. 
But I'm kind of I'm interested by this because absolutely it's the integrity of the game. But to another point, it also feels kind of hypocritical that here's a league that is fully embraced wagering on all levels and we're clutching our pearls because a player placed bets uh, while he wasn't active. I'm curious what you think of this situation. Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying. It's like, look, uh, the sport is enjoying the perks of gambling so much. And um, how can you say tisk ticks for a, a particular one person putting a relatively small amount of money and enjoying it as well? And my response to that, the other side of it, the one that I personally believe, is that they can, athletes can have absolutely zero uh, anything to do with sports gambling. They really can't. Um, I love sports. I love it so much. I think that there's a lot of things that can hurt sports. Okay. A lot of things that concern me as a, as a consumer of sports, as the years have gone by, I've seen a lot of things that bother me, but so the one thing that can destroy the game is the integrity. Um, all the sports that we're talking about, um, I think that, you know, what are you going to bet on? What are you going to wager on? Nobody's wagering on like professional wrestling, WWE, for instance. And the reason for that is because it's scripted and everybody has an idea. You know, you just the question is, do you have that inside information or not? As soon as the sports consumers believe that that's the same thing in professional sports, that there's a predetermined outcome, that there's point shaving going on or there's any, you know, somebody's not putting out 100 percent effort. I think you have to get take that very, very seriously and get rid of that as, as much as you can. And Calvin Ridley is one example. Now he's a he's an athlete, but it also comes from the other side too. You know, there's an owner of the Dolphins who is accused of um, giving money to a head coach to lose games because he wanted a high draft pick. And I think that's equally as troubling. Uh, anything that calls into question the integrity of the game. Um it should be looked at. You know, if this was somebody with a background of finance, an econ looks at this the same way that they may see something like a financial market and uh, the stock exchange. And we have the SEC that's out there making sure that everybody has the same amount of information. And so should a CEO be able to buy and sell shares? Yeah, probably. But when you think about it, the CEO has monopolized information, as we would say, it has a lot more information than anybody else. Maybe they're not publicly disclosing all of that information. And so we probably don't allow them to do that. Right. And same sort of logic here. If you have anything to do with the sport, you have any inside information. Probably it's best that we kind of keep it completely, make it so that they can't wager it all on. Are you surprised it took this long for a high-profile athlete to to get caught with this or to, you know, fall into this? No, I'm an economist, and I, I think people respond to incentives. And, you know, if you're an athlete, there's an incentive to make a couple bucks to do this and do that. Um, I'm I'm happy that it's not a lot of money. I'm happy that it's nobody saying that there's anything in terms of the game being changed because of it. Those are the things that I really get concerned about. And I would like, I don't think that it's possible to completely eliminate that out of the game. 
I've done a lot of research in, in point shaving, for instance, in college basketball. It's a very similar type of situation. But I think that, you know, there, there could be a point where we have to be able to tell ourselves, look, we're doing everything that we can in order to combat this. And I don't think that's necessarily the case right now. You know, a lot of people, um, myself included, have a problems with a lot of type of bets that are legal right now. Uh, we probably should not allow a lot of these prop bets, proposition bets, for instance. You know, who's going to have the most penalty yards? How many rushing yards is this one player going to get? I'm waiting for the day where the offensive coordinator is running the ball and letting the player get a certain number of yards. Because And it turns out he put a ton of money on the, on the game. That's the kind of thing that I really get very concerned about. And I'm thankful that we haven't come across that yet. Um, but I think that if we were taking, if, if, if the leagues took a fraction of the money and allocated it efficiently and began regulating the sport the right way, I think that that's the kind of thing that you can have some really pretty intelligent people snooping around and making sure that are not happening. Uh, kind of dig down when you talk about regulating and we talked about lines moving or, you know, some people that usually bet a lot are on one side and the vast majority are on the other side. What would regulation kind of look like past what we've got now with leagues policing this and stuff? Well, we have individual leagues and it's not completely clear what exactly they're doing. Um, I would like to see personally something like the SEC. It doesn't have to be as big and as vast as that, but it's something that it's a body that can go in that can say, listen, you're, you're the trainer. When did you know there were, you know, you, it turned out you put some money on a game. What information did you have? When did you have it? When did you put them in from, you know, that that's the kind of thing that the SEC would say, come in and say, look, there's some, there's some smoke here. We want to ask you some questions. When did you have this information? What did you do with that information? And, you know, just overall reminding everybody on a regular basis, these are the rules. You can do this. You can't do that. It has to be independent. It has to be independent in the sense that, you know, it can be funded by the professional sports. Certainly, they're going to enjoy the benefit of it. Um, but it has to be independent in the sense that, you know, the league can't strong arm this particular organization to say this or to say that. Um, in the perfect world, that's probably what it would look like, a lot like what the SEC has. What do you think is the ceiling financially for gambling in sports? Like, are we close to it? Like, is there only so much money that's going to be spent? It's just a matter of, of where it's spent or how it's, how it's wagered. Or do you think we could see even more money flow into these sports as, uh, and I mean, obviously there'll be more if more States come on board, but just as far as the, the context of where we are now, could we see even more, uh, money uh, being I, being bad. Yeah, I think it's growing. I mean, right now it's very difficult to, to tell how far it's going to grow. I think that there are the leagues are embracing it, you know, slowly. I think that the franchises are embracing them slowly, um, and uh, they should be cautious, right? It's it could, there's uncertainty with regards to how it's going to be regulated and how it's going to play out, but it is growing. It is growing. It's becoming significant. Um, how much will it grow? I don't know. I know that analytics 
is a growing field as well within sports. I know gambling is a growing field. The two are very closely related to each other. And um, as people become more analytically minded and more have a better background of gambling, I think those two kind of work hand in hand together. So I see both of those industries really growing within the sports industry. Um, I also think that there's some things that could change in terms of regulation and the United States regulation, I should say, the United States federal laws that could help it grow a lot more. You know, there's a lot of interesting things that could be happening, but because of the current legalization framework, they're, they're handcuffed. You uncuff that, you let go of that constraint and it could grow even more. So there's some opportunities for that as well. So, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty, I guess, is, is the answer to, my, uh, to your question. We're not sure that the federal government's going to allow wagering to take place between different states. I think that would open up a lot of things for a lot of technical reasons. It sounds like it's a minor thing. Turns out it's like it would allow new technology to come in and, um, you know, I think that that would be a very interesting thing. I think consumers would find that very interesting as well. And it could probably grow even more if that happened. You know, so much of it can be done from an app now on your phone. And we talk about states where it's legal, where it's not legal. How difficult is it to police? Like, you know, something's legal in Florida, not legal in Georgia. You know, that I, I set a, I t- place the bet. I live in Florida, but I was in Georgia and I placed the bet on my phone, maybe not even thinking where I am, but just knowing it's availability. I mean, how are we, that, that just seems incredibly difficult to, to try to police and follow. Well, I mean, in in one regard, I don't think it is very difficult because the, uh, your phone can tell you where you're at. And so I know like a lot of my students, you know, they'll say, Oh, I was in, I was in New Jersey and I wanted, or I was in Pennsylvania and I wanted to bet with this company or bet in this way. And it doesn't offer in Pennsylvania. I went for a jog over the bridge and went to New Jersey, boom, went back to Philly and, and I had my wager placed. Um, so that, that speaks to the technology today. Yes, we're doing it over the phone, but you know, they know where you're sitting or know where you're standing. Every time you log in, it's like, all right, where are you at? We're going to confirm you're on Pennsylvania soil or in New Jersey soil or Delaware soil or wherever you're at. And then you can proceed from there. So the technology is there for that. I would like to see that restriction go away for technical reasons, but uh, I don't see that as much of a hindrance in terms of growth potential for the industry. We talked about the Calvin Ridley situation. The Dolphins owner, you mentioned the the possibility with these prop bets, if you could have a coordinator and maybe people don't notice because it's strictly just something very micro, like rushing yards for a particular player. What do you think? What is the thing that keeps commissioners, you know, high ranking officials up at night as the the worst case scenario with this? with how prevalent sports betting has become that would really kind of try to put a stake in the heart of the integrity of the game. I think that pro- it, uh, I, I can't answer for, uh, I certainly don't want to speak for any commissioner, but if I was a commissioner, what would keep me up is 
um, a scandal that would get a lot of press that somebody was taking advantage of something that showed a pattern of them doing it for a while and it impacted the game and the integrity of the game, something like the Tim Donaghy scandal. And if it was in, um, somehow Tim Donaghy was a, a referee that influenced a lot of NBA games and he was in the, um, he was gambling. Now he was gambling in the underground economy, right? So what are we going to say? You're going to ban underground economies, right? Nobody's going to be able to do that. But now all of a sudden, if somebody does it with a, with a sports book, then somebody can come around and say, hey, that's an issue. Now we can address it by just shutting down the sports book. Of course, that's not going to get rid of the problem. But, you know, somebody can come around and say that. And that's going to put a commissioner in a very difficult position. And uh, that's why I like to think like they can get out in front of this because it could take a scandal like that for the federal government and to kind of say, excuse me, what happened? <laughs> and this thing might be regulated one way or another. It might be the um, the league doing it in a, in, in a format that's good for the consumer and that's good for the leagues and the league growth and for their profitability. Or it might take a scandal that gets some politicians' attention, and it's going to be in the best interest of whatever that politician decides that he wants to regulate it at. So my concern is that it's going to be regulated by the wrong people that are maybe not doing it the right way. And, um, you know, so many things that people are enjoying right now maybe get scaled back. Um, as a consumer of sports, that concerns me. As a commissioner, that probably should concern me. But again, more than anything else, if I was the commissioner of a major sports, I would be concerned if people felt like the game was uh, rigged, if, they, if it was predetermined, and that if your typical consumer is watching the game and there's really no uncertainty um, associated with the game, that really it comes down to if you had that inside information or not. Uh, because to me, that's what can kill not only sports gambling, but sports in general. It's very, very concerning to me. And so anything that you can do to get out in front of that, in my opinion, is positive. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.